my cookie sorry about that all right the roof is on fire good evening and welcome to the ravings of a clown on jester radio we don't need no water we don't need no water let the motherfucker burn slim slam and slankin Hey, 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 hey. That'll do. <laughs> Try not to bump into the microphone there. Sorry. All right. All right, that'll do, pig. Hey, good evening. Welcome to the Ravings of a Clown on Jest Radio. It's Monday, March the 3rd, 3-3. And 3, as you know, is a magic number. So welcome to the show, Hanging Behind the Glass with Bob the Engineer. Evening, Robert. How's it going? Not too bad. It's been a while. Been a while. Glad to have you back behind the glass. Been busy. Have you? Yeah. Lots of shit going on. Oh, that's good. I hear you've been pretty busy, too. I've been busy. I've been working it. And uh, I got to tell you, man, it's not one of my good days. It's not? Nah. Seemed pretty cheery when I got here. You know, that's the thing, man. It's all going on inside my head. I'm having... all inside your head. You know, so a wise man once said that it's not what you have that makes you happy. It's what you don't have that makes you unhappy, right? No. No, that's that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. (laughs) No, it's what you think about that makes you happy. If you're walking around thinking happy thoughts all the time, you know, uh, and you're like, you know, grateful for every breath or any kind of bullshit like that, you know, they say that that's, uh, that makes you a happy person. But I'm walking around all day thinking about sad shit. And it, on top of everything else, I had a um, bummer of a conversation today with Jeff. I'll talk a little bit about it later, but it's the kind of conversation that just leaves you like sick in the gizzard. You just don't feel like you do. You feel like doing one of two things. You feel like like uh, putting on your jammies and getting into bed and watching like Dick Van Dyke reruns. <laughs> God, that's pretty. That's pretty bad in itself, right there. It's like when girls get upset, they sit down with the fucking tub of ice cream. And it's like a chick. I know. It's a totally chick thing. Or the other thing is... I just sit down with a bag. ...was to put on the headphones. For me, that's the comfort zone. Put on the headphones and play some tune like 714 times in a row. I turn on my music myself. Yeah. But for really stick. Yeah, but... For, uh, oh, you mean you, you mean you play the guitar? Yes. Oh, I see. Yes. Yeah, for me, you know, that's um, always been uh, sort of when I come out of the upswing of one of those deep depressions. But the depression itself drives me to the headphones, you know. And I put on like, usually that one song, whatever it is, that's going to comfort me that minute. And it's you don't always know what it's going to be. Sometimes, you know, 
It's got nothing to do with how you're feeling. The song is just about just anything to take your mind off. What's yeah, going on. yeah, yeah. That's what, well, see. That's what guitar is for me. When I play guitar, I get so into it. Like I'm in a totally different fucking universe. You know, nobody can interrupt me. Like yeah, yeah. you really got to freaking do something to piss me off to get me to even take my attention. Like you're not. Your time's not even worth. Yeah, me breaking right. what I'm doing to talk to you. Because that's right. Well, that's the that's you know the shit I've accomplished on guitar is. A, Amazing compared to what a lot of people even do with their lives. I mean, especially, you know. Absolutely. I'm not saying I'm fucking Jimi Hendrix, but. Nobody's know, saying that. God takes forbid. a long time. I've been playing I almost know. half my life. I know. There you go. Speaking of. Speaking of lives. Happy birthday, Papa Smurf. Oh, my God. It's the it's the big guy's birthday, yes, isn't it's it? It's your old man, Bob the Engineer Sr., yep. the starter of it all. So we'll get around to birthday wishes for him. Hopefully he's tuning in tonight. Yeah, maybe he is, maybe he is. Special he's, thoughts. He's go probably up. passed out on the couch. Yeah, well, what, 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 what is he, about 60 now? He's getting old, he's getting old. I, I think he's a little bashful about it. We'll leave it at that. All right. We'll leave it at that. Okay. He's not as old as me. I know that. He's a pup. He's a pup compared to you. You're, yeah. you're an old doggie. Yeah. What's that? Let's turn our attention to the headlines now. <laughs> Where's that coming from? A gunman in a jacket and tie wordlessly opened fire inside a Wendy's during a lunchtime rush today. West Palm Beach, killing a paramedic who had gone back to fetch the right toy to go with his child's meal and wounding five others. That's fucking sick. The 60-year-old shooter then committed suicide. This was not a robbery. He didn't demand anything, said Paul Miller, a Palm Beach County Sheriff spokesman. Looks like this was just another random shooting like we've seen around the United States. The 42-year-old victim, Palm Beach County Fire Rescue Lieutenant Rafael Vasquez, who was not in uniform, had met his wife and child at the restaurant during a break in training down the street. He just took a break in training. He went to Wendy's to meet his wife and kid. He went and he got the kid the Happy Meal, and when he brought it outside, the kid said, this is the wrong toy. Oh. And he went back inside. You know that always fucking happens. Every time you the go family, there, they I fuck you, you on the every, toy. I every time. And let me tell you, man. Anytime the, from now on, if a kid, if I give the kid the Happy Meal and he tells me wrong toy, that's you. That's it. That's the toy you're getting. The family. I made you're it. Out. I made it out with my skin. I ain't going back into that place. The family had gotten their food. By the way, don't be even thinking about going into a Wendy's for the next week or two until uh. the until the copycats die down. Yeah, I know, right? The family had gotten their food and walked out, but Vasquez returned because the wrong free toy had been included in the kid's meal. Vasquez's wife, a law enforcement officer in nearby Palm Springs and child, were in the parking lot when he was shot in the back as he stood at the counter. Our officers probably didn't even see him. Miller and Blake, a handyman and maintenance worker, had no relation to anyone at the restaurant, never worked for Wendy's, and they haven't found any note. We don't know why he picked this location to do this horrible deed, he said. Vasquez has been, uh, had just been promoted in January, was attending a course called Strategy and Tactics before taking his lunch break. Uh, then the, the, the course teaches officers on how to manage large-scale incidents, much like the one we had today. The mayhem kind unfolded ironic, huh? just after noon during the lunch hour rush at the eatery. I guess he learned the, the, the ultimate lesson. Yeah. On a major suburban road lined with strip malls, car dealerships, fast food restaurants, about five miles from downtown West Palm Beach, a billboard advertising 
an upcoming gun show, stands just behind the Wendy's. Blake entered the restaurant, went to the restroom before coming out holding a 9mm gun. 10 to 15 people were in the restaurant at the time. Uh, 28-year-old Ashley Milton said she had just opened the door to get lunch when she heard pop, 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 poppity pop and saw people running amok. I really didn't think... Uh, that's what it was. I thought this can't be happening. She's you know what? You know what I bet happened on that. Uh, all those guys were on that training exercise. They all got back and they went to the Wendy's and the training guy was like, pointing at old buddy and he was like, "That's what not to fucking do." You say that's the toy you're getting. <laughs> that's going to be part of the training now. They're going to take everybody down to Wendy's. They're going to take everybody down to Wendy's and give them a kid, and then specifically <laughs> at random they're going to fuck up their order, and uh. That's going to be part gonna of the get the journey. wrong toy, and if they go back in because they feel bad for the kid, well... What a horrible fucking story, huh? Yeah, that really, that really is sad. This is the kind of fucking story, man. It really makes you want to lock your fucking yeah. chains and stay inside, yeah, man. Yeah, like, what drives a sick fucking person to do that? Like, I don't give a fuck what's going on in your life. I'm sorry, dude, but there's no reason why you got to go fucking kill innocent people or hurt innocent people. Just well, that is what it's all about. Day. It's all about killing... It's about do, doing... The most horrific thing that would shock the sensibilities because whatever it is that was done to him, that he feels was done to him, you know, this is a, a great lesson in, in the human psyche. Well, I'm sorry, mommy because and daddy we didn't have, hug you enough. Yeah, well, that's exactly what happened. Whatever the capacity is that humans have for being, for neglect, uh, there's a tipping point. And we're, the reason we're seeing this more and more is because we're, we're living less and less like we're designed to live. We're designed to live in little groups of 50 or 60 people, not with millions of people in, the, in this, you know, these cities. We just yeah. did, did a story the other day that 50, by the year 2012, 50%, one half of the world's population will be living in a city. And we're really not built for city living. Uh, we get very we, agitated. We get very agitated. We have to actually form a, a micro-relationship with everybody we meet. And when you live in a clan where there's 50 or 60 people, it's easy to do that over a lifetime. But when you live in a city where there, you see thousands of people on the bus, on the train, at work, and you have to actually make contact, eye contact and have a, like a little mini-relationship with every one of these people, by the end of the day, man, that's it. You're burnt to a crispy critter. And then you got to go back and do it again the next day. Did you ever see that movie with old buddy that got fired that one time? And he's like walking home or something. I don't know. He just like starts walking and he loses it along the way. And he like <laughs> breaks down sure, in the restaurant movie. and he like has all the guns and shit. And he nah, like flips out. Like that's. I don't, I don't know that movie. <laughs> Come but on. You know what movie I'm talking about. I have no idea. Oh, you mean Falling Down? I think so. I'm not yeah. sure. Well, and that's he's supposed actually, to go see his daughter, and yeah. the guy shoots him. Yeah, that's the one. Well, that's actually a um, re uh, not really a remake, but an homage to an old Burt Lancaster movie called The Swimmer about a guy who's traveling to see his daughter across a bunch of swimming pools. But in this one, he goes slowly crazy, and it's sort of um, it's indicative of how we are slowly. Um, as a society, it's actually a very going nutso because it's we're a very good obscured reference for the moment. I believe it's a wonderful reference. Congratulations, Bob! I have my, I have my. Moments. It's a wonderful, wonderful reference. I like to bask in them every once in a while. Just yeah. help me out here. Well, it was a wonderful reference. It happens to be one of my top twenty movies of all time. Mm. 
I have to say, it's an I haven't seen it in a long time, but well, when I saw it, it, you should go see it. I, I really did like it. It was just incredible on a million different. It was levels. just priceless. The guy, absolutely, I felt every ounce of pain that he felt, and just like, you know, there's days that I just want to freaking do that shit too, but you know. Well, it's a story of a guy who's losing, who, whose losses are mounting up. He loses his wife. He loses his family. He works for the Department of Defense, and he feels that that becomes very futile. And he goes on a walk. He leaves, abandons his car on the highway, and he goes on a walk. And, Didn't he? I swear to God, he got fired this, that morning. And no, no, he no. Just, no, he just actually left his car on the road. Yeah. And then uh, as he walks, he... he it's a you know it's a journey movie in the sense that he grows he becomes a, a different person by the from the beginning to the end and uh, he slowly spirals down into you know just being fed up being fed up with uh, you know finally the 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 thing that tops you know he gets fed up with the with the gangs in the hood and he, you know, basically beats the living shit out of all of them. And then he picks up a bag of guns and then he gets fed <laughs> up with this Nazi scumbag and he picks up a bunch of shit from him. And it's sort of like the uh, Homer's Odyssey in a way. Yeah. He battles all these demons along the way and then finally gets to a fast food restaurant and he orders a burger <laughs> and, and he holds it up to the up, sign man. and he goes, what's wrong with this picture, man? The fucking sign on the wall looks like the most gorgeous, delicious, mouth-watering fucking burger you ever saw in your life and this squished, pathetic, gray piece of shit that he's holding up in his hands. Yeah, that was priceless, dude. It and he just, just goes apeshit. He pulls the, one of these guns out of the sack and he starts blasting the fucking joint. And doesn't he demand like a good cheeseburger? Yeah. So yeah. It's like, I demand a yeah. good cheeseburger. Yeah. It's like, I want that right there. I want to feel full with that in my and stomach. And you know, and, it's, and, 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 and I understand the reference because maybe this guy was fed up, and I think that's what happened. Yeah, I know. Well, I think that's what happened. He just got, he, he probably went to the restroom, probably went in there. He got probably a, you know, a license to carry a concealed weapon and blah, blah, blah. Walked into the restroom and just was appalled with. How the how the yeah. restroom was. Nobody he probably had the shit him so, he probably had the shit so bad he he was like, Oh, I can't fucking believe it. Yeah, it's been the worst day in the world and all I want to do is take a dump and he goes in there and That's it, the stupidest thing I ever heard. No, he went in there with the something about goal him nasty, of, dude. He went in there with the goal of blasting the place up and he yeah, uh, we and all know obviously that. you know, he committed suicide at the end, so that's it's not something somebody does because the bathroom's not clean. Yeah. But it'd be a funny way for it. It would be funny, but that's probably not what happened. And uh, he probably had pl had a plan to, and probably was feeling very indignant and self-righteous about taking innocent people's lives because he probably felt that he had been unfairly screwed. And somehow in the human equation, uh, the way it works in our brain is we obtain license. We obtain license. When somebody hurts us, we right away think it's okay to hurt them back. Just like this... Uh, Christian eye for an eye concept. In what, if it's wrong to, to do something to somebody, then why is it then okay to do it back? The whole formula is absurd. And yet we're programmed that way, um, probably for who knows what, population control, who knows? Maybe it's just a glitch in the system. But we're designed so that when we feel indignant and self righteous and hurt and damaged enough, uh, that the whole package comes with all this anger. It's, and it's actually more, in my opinion, probably a survival tool from way back in the day. 
well, everything's a survival tool, so I'll go along with that. But in what way does that facilitate survival? To uh, to eliminate those that hurt you, maybe? Yeah, yeah, maybe. yeah in my opinion, it, I don't know if it's posing a threat to your well-being. And your clan. I mean, I, I suppose, I agree. I suppose pr- like, back in primitive early man absolutely, days, absolutely. you know, like, when they were first figuring out emotions and blah, 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 and shit like that, that was probably a big thing. Like, you fucked, you know, you stepped out of line and you fucked fucking got nailed or right something, there was you know? a lot of nailing hey you're live on the air with the jester who's calling hey it's uh it's poe yo poe i got the uh speak up son i could barely hear you hello well that's better you hear this so uh an eye for an eye tooth for tooth yeah you know what that really means what do you mean you think it means if you take my eye i have a right to take your eye well, I do believe that actually that's the way it's been used by the Bible thumpers, so I'm just sort that's of... Not, that's not what it means. What does it actually mean? It means if uh, I take your eye, you can't kill me. The most you can do is take my eye. Oh. So it's a limit. It's about it's reasonable. A it's a governor. That's an amazing little factoid, isn't it? And what, you know, it's interesting. People always quote shit from the Bible, but it's not always God talking at the time that the quote is from. It could be from like some, you know, shepherd or something. And then people yeah. quote it as if it's like a command from God, you know. But what, do you know the exact passage and all that in the Bible where that's from? Uh, I think it was Romeo and Juliet. I gotcha. Well, thanks for calling in on the eye for an eye bit. It's in the uh, Romeo chapter 1, verse 7. Well, it's true, and that is the way we're designed. And in any case, whatever it was, this guy, you know, somehow felt justified to start blasting away. He killed this poor kid's old man. I mean, you know... This this woman's husband, they were planning on going to the movies later. God knows what they had planned for tomorrow. Their whole fucking lives are ruined. And then the cocksucker kills himself, so... So we can't fucking... We don't even get the pleasure of milking him and finding out what's wrong with him. And yeah, and putting him in jail for a while, so fucking all the other guys that don't like shit like bone that will fucking ass. bone him up the ass. Yeah, because you go to jail, dude, and you did something horrible like that. Absolutely. There's that one guy that Prison fucking justice. knows the guy that can that does all the files and shit, dude, and he's going to find out. That's right. Oh, he's going to fucking find out. Oh, and then he's going to tell everything. everybody, and then... The it's a rumor niggas mill. Niggas will be praying for you to drop the soap. It's a ru- it's a rumor mill there. Everybody knows everything. You're absolutely right. So that's all they do all day is gossip. The prisoners. Well, no shit. I mean, yeah, what, what else, else they got do? to do? That and jerk off. But I mean, there's nothing but guys, that's so right. you can't do that anyway. Right. So fucking. Oh, they whack off. The, oh, I the bet se- they do. The sexual shit that goes on in jail. I don't even want to fucking. You don't even want to know. It makes your sphincter tighten up just oh, to yeah. think about it. Barack Obama and Hillary Rodham Clinton reached for the finish line of uh, contentious Ohio and Texas primary campaigns today. As senior Democrats expressed concern, the party could suffer this fall if the struggle struggle goes on much longer. So party officials are now saying, we better choose one or the other. This contentious fight is going to fuck us up in the fall. We better get united behind the, the bitch or the nigger. Yeah, I know, and this, right? And this it's is, such a it's such a hard choice because you just don't know what's gonna happen. And this is the and this is the killer because this is why I fucking hate the 
the um, this party system because w- w- it's not about uh, uh, America getting a choice um, about uh, you know who's the best person. It's like let's hurry up and pick the one of the two. Uh, for the Democratic Party, why shouldn't we choose from everybody out there? Why shouldn't they all just get up? This is the age of the Internet. Why can't they all just get up and tell us what they have to fucking say? And we, and we the people, can decide. Why do we have to whittle it down and whittle it down? We started out with, what, 14? Why can't we choose among 14? We're fucking intelligent people. I just don't get it. This whole bullshit about voting for people who vote for people who vote for people, man. It's, it's, uh, it's arcane. We have to switch over to just a regular popular vote. Get rid of these parties, these fucking back smoke-filled rooms where they choose the people who, who will become president. I'm just getting warmed up, said Clinton, looking beyond, beyond this week's contests and shrugging off the 11 straight primary and caucus defeats as well as a three-digit deficit in delegates. The former First Lady campaigned from Ohio, where she accused Obama of double talk on NAFTA, to Texas, where her new TV uh, commercial questioned her readiness to serve, um, I mean, rather, uh, his readiness to serve as commander-in-chief. Uh, meanwhile, Obama spent uh, his day in Texas, uh, state rich in military bases, where he pledged to begin the withdrawal of U.S. troops from Iraq next year, and envisioned a seamless transition from active duty to, to uh, civilian life for men and women who leave the armed forces. So they're just going on these little romps around pandering to these tiny little groups uh, who uh, choose the delegates. Is this in the interest of America? I don't know, but that seems like the ultimate catch-22 to me. you either got to get behind the crazy bitch or the nigger. You got to pick one or the other, dude, and it's right? just, it's one of those is like, dude, if we pick this one, we're fucked. If we pick that one, we're fucked too. So, you know, it if always, we pick nobody, we're definitely screwed. So, you know, it always comes down to. It seems like it always comes down to, at least in my lifetime, as a as a choice between you know multiple evils, with the lesser of the evil, not the better candidate. I've never had you know somebody like I got choked up listening to. You know, the closest I ever came to, honestly, was Clinton. The shit that he said uh, in his speeches was the closest I ever got to, like, really believing, you know, uh, in a politician in my lifetime. But they're all such lying, filthy sacks of shit. Hey, you tuned into The Ravings of a Clown this Monday, March the 3rd, the year of our Lord, 2008. It's three and three. So uh, that's why we're only playing songs that have... Uh, nah, that's not it at all. We're playing comfort songs tonight, songs that uh, I keep going back to. Don't ask me why, uh, but for some reason, these are the songs I go to with the headphones, and I just put it on repeat, and after like six or 700 times, I feel more like myself. Now I know. Leave it where it is. Spanish Harlem are not just pretty words to say. Until you see this trash can dream come true, you stand at the edge 
while people run you through. And I thank the Lord, there's people out there like you. I thank the Lord, there's people out there like you. While Mordeezers and bad hatters, sons of bankers, sons of lawyers, turn around and say good morning to the night. For unless they see the sky, but they can, and that is why they know not if it's dark outside or light. It's brought with God. It's got a lot of songs to sing. If I knew the tunes, I might join in. I go my way alone Grow my own, my own seed shall be sown In New York City Subway's no way For a good man to go down Rich man can ride And the hobo, he can drown They can, and that is why. You know not if it's dark outside or light. And now I know Spanish Harlem are not just pretty words to say. Dark outside. 
Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's sons of bankers, sons of lawyers, turn around and say good morning to the night. But unless they see the sky, but they can't, and that is why they know not if it's dark outside or light. Elton John on Jester Radio from Before He Sucked. That's one of my comfort songs. Why not uh, give us a call and let us know which ones are yours? 646-502-8600. Get you live on the air. 646-502-8600. Give us a call to tell us what you want to hear or just to tell us what's on your mind. Venezuela and Ecuador sought today to make Colombia pay a high diplomatic and economic price for killing a leftist rebel leader in, uh, in the Ecuadorian jungle, expelling its diplomats, ordering troops to the border, and largely halting trade at key points along the frontier. But Colombia quickly struck back, revealing what it said were incriminating documents seized from the rebel camp that suggest its neighbors have been secretly supporting the rebels' deadly insurgency. And in a tit-for-tat move, Venezuela later displayed the laptop of a slain drug trafficker, which it said contained information implicating Colombia's national police chief in the cocaine trade. Colombia's national police chief said the documents shown uh, Venezuela recently paid $300 million to the rebels, among other financial and political ties that date back years, and what high-level meetings have been held between rebels and Ecuadorian officials. This is another tribal war that's been going on for decades. I say, let's stay out of it. Iran's firebrand president wrapped up his landmark visit to Iraq with a bit of added swagger today, insisting that U.S. power is crippling the region and portraying himself as the enduring partner of Baghdad's Shia-led government. The parting words and posturing, like nearly every moment of Mahmoud Ahmadinejad's two-day trip, was powerful political theater seeking to emphasize Iran's growing bonds with its former enemy. U.S. officials had a front-row seat. Ahmadinejad, the first Iranian leader to visit Iraq since Iran's 1979 Islamic Revolution, has no direct dealings with American envoys or the military, but Washington and its Sunni Arab allies were high on its agenda, taking every opportunity to send messages about Shiite Iran's rising influence in the region and its special ties to Iraq's Shiite majority. For Washington, however, this is not a new lesson. The toppling of Saddam Hussein's Sunni-heavy regime opened the door for Iran's inroads into the nation it battled during a horrific 1980-88 to war that claimed an estimated one million lives. The United States, despite having no diplomatic ties with Tehran, accused Iran of adding Shiite militias uh, opened a groundbreaking dialogue with Iranian officials last year that acknowledged the Islamic Republic as a critical player in Iraq. That apparently is what empowered this guy because he's been on a tirade ever since, traveling around the world, um, carrying on like a retard. He was at uh, Columbia University last year when he made that famous quote about uh, there being no homos in Iran. Everybody just <laughs> fucking laughed hysterically. You remember, right. you remember that? Right. Do you remember that? Yeah. He, uh, somebody said, you know, uh, is it true you kill you know, the homos in Iran or something like that? And he said, yeah, I don't know where you heard that. We don't have homos like you people do. Iran and Iraq have been deadly enemies 
And Ahmadinejad's visit shows that they have turned a page, said Rand Corp analyst and former U.S. diplomat James Dobbins. And this is not good for us because for, for him to start reuniting with uh, Iraq, or at least posturing that he will, is not good for the United States. No, no, not good. Not good at all. I, mean, I think we need to take this guy out. Yeah, let's just, let's just kill him. You know, if they ever do those We're black military ops, if they're going to be waterboarding anybody or if they're going to be torturing anybody or killing anybody or toppling any government, this is the one, this is the guy who's blabbing his mouth. At least Saddam Hussein wasn't even fucking saying anything, wasn't bothering anybody. Yeah, I mean... He was sticking to the no-fly zone. How about instead of all this bullshit that's going on, why don't we just freaking, you know, set up a whole bunch of snipers and just kill this fucking asshole. Uh, raise your hands whoever's behind that you see now if they ever took let's a vote like that let's just fucking kill this one asshole so we can be rid of the he rest needs of these to, assholes he needs then. to be taken out if you cut off the and head amen the to that amen to that unless it's a zombie I mean desperate of course still fro- of fuck around. Come on. No. goes without saying Desperate for a glimpse into Adolf Hitler's unpredictable mind, British spies hired an astrologist during World War II to write horoscopes for him and other Nazi leaders' documents declassified today's show. They soon regretted it. The file released to Britain's National Archives catalogs the frustrations of MIS handlers as they tried to prevent the astrologer Louis DeWall from publicly embarrassing high-ranking intelligence and military officers. I've never liked Louis DeWall. He strikes me as a charlatan and an imposter, reads the first line in the astrologer's file. The letter is typical and appeared to be signed by Dick White, who went on to become the head of uh, Britain's domestic spy agency, MI5, in the 1950s. That view didn't keep DeWall from winning a temporary rank as a British Army captain. Uh, He was sent by Prime Minister Winston Churchill, who did not believe in astrology, (laughs) to the U.S., to persuade Americans that the Nazis would lose within nine months if they entered the war. When DeWall's services were no longer needed, intelligence uh, agents puzzled over how to get rid of the man who called himself Britain's state seer, the declassified documents show. DeWall was born in Berlin in 1903 and, and fled to uh, Britain in 1935 to avoid Nazi persecution for being Jewish. So it was another one Jew, charlatan. Astrologist, but you know those Jews have a long uh, history of uh, mysticism. Do they? Yeah, they're very big in the mystics, and there's a whole branch of Judaism called Kabbalah um, uh, about uh, mysticism. You know, I think that shit's cool. You know, I mean, I wish religion was a lot more like that. You know, if there was a lot more religions out there that were like that, that there's I plenty actually, of them. That I All like, the ancient religions are. You yeah, know. you know, like I think the ancient religions are a lot cooler than this bullshit we got today. I mean, let's get back to the roots, people. If you really want to fucking, you know, get down to it, then if you're gonna stand let's around cut in a past circle, all this bullshit that we fucking accumulated over the years with fucking idiots upon idiots just trying to do what they want and get us and control us. Let's get back to our roots where we started before we were corrupt. Let's let's start over. Come on. I mean, if you really want to do this whole religion thing, try it from the beginning, you know, go back to your roots. Please, you're friggin' killing me, dude. Well, I agree. I agree. I agree. If you like I was saying, if you're going to stand around in a circle and gibber, you know, to, uh, to the east, then it may as well be a peaceful Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> May as well be a calm, peaceful, happy jibber, you know? Yeah, I mean, come on. 
Let's go back to when we sacrificed goats and people and shit. Nah, no cool. sacrifice. That was cool. Three Let's do sac- that. I can think of a few people we can sacrifice. Yeah. Like George Bush. We can <laughs> sacrifice him. Yeah. Three seven-figure homes went up in flames early today in a Seattle suburb apparently set by eco-terrorists who left a sign mocking the builders' claims that the 4,000-plus square foot houses were environmentally friendly. The sign, a sheet marked with spray paint, bore the initials ELF for Earth Liberation Front, a loose collection of radical environmentalists that has claimed responsibility for dozens of attacks since the 1990s. The sheriff's office estimated that Monday's pre-dawn fires did $7 million in damage to the Street of Dreams, a row of unoccupied furnished luxury model homes where tens of thousands of visitors last summer eyed the latest in high-end housing, interior design, and landscaping. Three homes were destroyed, and two had minor fire or smoke damage. They build these homes, this row of homes, these these multi-million-dollar homes, just to stock them up with the nicest, you know, latest in furniture and decorations. And they do like an open house thing, and they sell shit that way. Um, that sounds it's like a cool, big, though. it's like a big, huge. And then they advertise that they built the homes in a green way, using like recycled shit in the walls and all this shit. So then these cocksuckers, these fucking terrorists who claim they're environmentalists, burn these fucking houses down and they put up a sign. They they overwrite over the sign, built green, nope, black. And McMansions in RCDs are not green. So the RCD refers to the rural cluster developments where a lot of builders are building. So they're saying anything you build on this land, we have the right to burn it down because it's we speak on behalf of planet Earth. The right. Earth the Earth Liberation Front. They're they're freeing the Earth right. from these people who are using it to you know, sell and and I guess uh, not a single one of these people owns any land because that would be. You know. You know what's. You know what's going to happen. The houses. The. the, the I guess they just, just rent. Go, the earth is just going to go into a natural natural greenhouse effect, like it has billions of years ago and hundreds of times, probably. Yeah, nobody's talking about global warming. I don't know, but I'm just saying, like these fucking idiots. Who gives a shit, dude? It's just going to get warmer. Well, I give a the shit. The atmosphere is going to. No, I give a shit. I, I, the, I the, the, don't it's don't confuse. Gonna, the earth fixes don't itself. confuse uh, uh, lunatics from with scientists. Don't lo- lump them all together. Just because you have these fucking retards who think they have the right to burn people's houses down doesn't mean <laughs> global warming isn't really happening. We don't know whether it is or it isn't, but certainly you don't know. You don't know shit about nothing. So for you to say you know, and then people much smarter than you and I have said they don't know. So don't be so quick to assume that everybody is but a that's, leftist, that's fa- my, New that's York fag pers- hippie. That's my personal. Yeah, but prediction. you don't get a personal. The right, idea well, is to seek that, for the truth, not to get did. your own personal truth. I just did that well, through through what I've learned. All right throughout school and blah 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 and whatnot all right and other places that is my own personal conclusion out of all the possible theories and well, whatnot I hear, that I, I have hear, seen I that is you. that is the it's one likely i believe that your the most sources possible. i'm sure your sources are the uh, the other fucking uh, redneck assholes that's sitting across from you at the party getting wasted look dickhead whining I don't, about i don't, I don't whining hang out with rednecks whining about uh, you know them hippie new york faggots uh, whining, you know, who say that the uh, that the uh, um, sky is falling, Chicken Little, blah blah blah. But meanwhile, 
the, you're an idiot if you don't think it's going to fucking happen. If you ignore scientific evidence. And like right, I said, cool. people then much you, smarter than us. Both you and I. Mo- you fucking piss shit and moan about it, dude. And I'm going to go ahead and do it. I know how to do best, and that's just fucking tear this goddamn planet apart. Yeah. That's what we've been doing since I can't even fucking tell you when because... Well, I'm not saying we should all stop and and whine and piss and moan, but I'm saying maybe we should listen. Listen to what reasonable, smart, intelligent people say. We're listening. We have been listening. Lots of people listen. Not everybody listens, but lots of people listen. You make more of a difference than you think, all right? And that's great. That's fucking listening. fantastic. You're an idiot. But you know what? We heard you. We heard you the first time. We heard you the second time. We heard you in the 70s, and in the 80s, and the fucking 90s, all right? And we still well, I hear are you. fucking I hear hearing you. you I hear right? you. You know, there is... I, I agree. There is do a you, certain... You, do you hear me? I do hear you that there has been... All right. People have been whining about this shit for a long time, but... That doesn't mean also that this isn't true. Just because they've been whining about it before doesn't mean this time it's not true. So, But I, I hear what you're saying. A, robot, a robotic spacecraft circling Mars has snapped the first image of a series of active avalanches near the planet's North Pole, scientists said today. The image taken last month reveals at least four avalanches of, li- of fine ice and dust breaking off from a steep cliff and settling on the slope below. The cascade kicked up massive debris clouds with some measuring more than uh, 590 feet across. The landslides were spied by the Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter during a routine tracking of seasonal changes. The probe arrived to the planet in 2006. So we're getting some cool, exciting pictures from fucking Mars. Scientists are unsure what set off the avalanche and whether they occur frequently or only during the spring. So we're just now learning about all this really cool shit about uh, Mars. Word, yo. Cool. Mars. So um, we were talking about comfort songs before. One of my, um, a lot of times, comfort songs. By the way, uh, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio, 646-502-8600. Give us a call. Um you have ADD like a motherfucker. One of the first um, Do you want some co- fucking Adderall? comfort songs I ever d- uh, had was Don't Worry Baby by um, the um, Beach Boys. And I would you know, put the headphones on and listen to it a million times. There was this like um, very soothing refrain where uh, the guy would talk about all this stress and all this difficulty he would have with his girlfriend, but then she would look in his eyes and she would say, don't worry, baby, and he would just, that's it. it was, he was good. He was good to go. She and and even when like he felt guilty, he was copping to some shit. He said, "I felt guilty. I, 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 I was bragging about my car in front of my buddies." And she said, "Don't worry, baby. Everything about her is good." And when she said those magic words, there was like a you could breathe all of a sudden. So one day, I got to tell you, it's an interesting story. One day, I had a fight with the Jeff. Um, I'm gonna guess. Circa 1975, 76. Ah. And we're in this, uh, we're in the big room, and she's sort of walking in and out, and I'm listening to that song, Don't Worry Baby, about eight billion times in a row. I'm sure she was fucking thrilled. And, um, no, I had the headphones on. Yeah, I'm sure I don't even she think would... she even knew what song 
was, was yeah, but I'm sure she was just like, oh, okay, he's sitting there and he's just fucking listening to his song. Right? Yes. No. Me. Oh, that's right. Being that's a right. dickhead. Oh, dude. without I'm a sure doubt. That's probably what was going through her mind. Without you got to think about you know what they're thinking. Sometimes you know without you can try and stay a step ahead of them. You know, Absolutely. No, she was. Mo- we'll keep walking in and out of the room. So I'm sitting there listening to it, and we had a big blowout. And I honestly got to tell you, thirty whatever years ago, I honestly don't remember what the hell it was about, but we were not talking to each other. And it was serious, and it may have been going on for like all day kind of situation. And I was listening. So you were to, listening to the song. And I was listening to the song, day. and I was leaning. Yeah, listening to the song, and I was leaning over the stereo. You know, it was a record. It was vinyl. You know, and I just had it on repeat. And I was listening to it over, and she came over to me, and she just put her arms around me, and hugged me. And it was the most mind-blowing experience because the first time in my life it occurred to me that you could just skip the fighting part and jump right to the making up. The makeup sex. Not just makeup sex, you moron. That's the best part. But though. the you makeup. Can't lie about that, the dude. makeup. In other words, so with it, you could skip the whole argument. You could you could um you can get back to it later. You could not get back to it later. But the important was that thing that was that w- was that underneath the whole argument, the whole reason for the argument is because you love each other. And so uh, we can hug now and then, okay, and back and go back to the fighting. But there was, this, and it was, it, it, it was a revelation. It was a, a huge experience for me because this was not the way it worked in my family. You fought it out, goddammit, if it took weeks, months, years, uh, if it meant, uh, you know, blood and limbs left on the floor, whatever. Nobody went back to normal until there was this, you know, a, a big, huge, you know, scene. A huge blowout. There huge, was. huge blowout that lasted a long time. So it was a revelation to me, and it taught me a big lesson in life. And so that becomes, because it was one of my great comfort songs of all time, uh, then double with that experience, with that incredibly comforting experience. And now I sort of have the song plus the memory to go with it. So for me, this song, this song is like a number one comfort song for me. Beach Boys on Jester Radio. Please don't touch that dial. Chill. 
told me, baby, when you race today, just take along my love with you. Because in the fantasy, he's like a race car driver, you know? That was the superhero of the time. And if you knew how much I loved you, baby, nothing could go wrong with you. Those were the words. When she, and she looked in my eye, make me want to cry when she says, don't worry, baby. Everything's going to be all right. And years later, um, I wrote a song called You Went Away. Very good song, I might add. That was, um, in a way, you know, it was, it was, um, um, I was, the voice was talking to the person who went away. Um, but, um, there was a part where I was talking about what I was thinking, you know, um, you know, you did this and you did that and you did this. And I was thinking then, even though my heart was thinking that in the end, it would be all right. And I was thinking back to that song, Don't Worry Baby, Everything Will Be All Right. And if you listen at the end of the song, the, and in fact, all the harmonies from the song uh, are, totally stolen. are totally stolen from Don't Worry Baby. It's okay. We've all done it before. <laughs> this, is, this is it. I remember meeting you seems like yesterday. When I chance to walk my feet sure And I remember that gentle smile upon your face I can still remember that day When you went away I remember thinking that that mark was singing when you would roll like a light right out of my life I remember thinking that even though my heart was singing that In the end, babe, I knew things would work out alright You went away You were a light shining in my life You went away Rode like a light right out of sight you went away But I know things Work out all right. I remember feelings that my heart for you. Been so long since I've been feeling that way. I remember asking nothing. I'll be true I can still remember that day When you went away I remember thinking that That mark was sinking when You rode like a light right out of my life I remember thinking that was singing that in the end, babe, I knew things would work out alright. You went away, you were a light shining in my life. You went away, rode like a light right out of sight. You went away, but I know things will work out alright.
remember thinking that even though my heart was singing that in the end, babe, I knew things would work out alright. You went away. You were a light shining in my life. You went away. Glowed like a light right out of sight. You went away. But I know things will work out Yeah, I like that last part, Stop Your Crying. <laughs> I was thinking, I was talking to me, because she was definitely not crying. <laughs> but yeah, it's weird, see, I love you, those... You are kind of a big pussy. I love those, um, I love those um, happy endings, you know, where everything works out. I'm you know, a, I'm a you sucker, know what, man? I'm a sucker for the happy ending. If I ever win the lottery, I'm going to buy you a maid. <laughs> not just any maid though it's gonna be like one of those really hot maids you know that wears the now you're talking wears the really short skirt you know it's that's just what we're completely, talking totally yeah a french maid yeah sexually fucking all over your shit in your kitchen now you're stop cleaning yeah. with her top off now you're talking scrubbing her carpets and her floors with her boobs oh yeah it's monday uh, march the third three three the year of our lord 2008 hanging in the jester radio chat room why not stop by hanging behind the glass with bob the engineer and uh why not give us a call at 646-502-8600 um somebody suggested we do a song for that you got anything bob Six four six five zero two eighty six hundred. I'm sure we could cook up something. We'll, yeah, we'll cook I, something. I up. don't know. Steve J- uh, Steve O of Jackass fame was arrested for investigation of vandalism. What? What do you do? What do you and do? And possession of a controlled substance. They don't realize that this just increases this guy's stock. At his Hollywood home, police arrested the 33 year old co star of MTV's prank filled program. At 5 a.m. today, they always hit them at 5 a.m. They know they're all going to be out like a light. Yeah, you know they're all going to be fucked up from the night before, and they're not getting after a neighbor made a citizen's arrest following a dispute over a fence. A neighbor made a citizen's arrest. Steve O'Born, Stephen Glover, was booked at a Hollywood police station on suspicion of vandalism and an outstanding traffic warrant. They get them. They always get you on one of those. He was also booked for investigation of possession of controlled substance for allegedly having a small quantity of drugs on him. What were those drugs? Whatever they may be, you got to ask yourself, when the police knock at the door, can't you at least put the drugs in the drawer? Yeah. I don't know. He looks like a fucking cokehead to me, dude. I've met a lot of cokeheads in my life, and he looks like he fucking yeah, could you're snort right. up half You're absolutely Antarctica. right. He really does look like a cokehead. You know? And he's always doing all that crazy, stupid shit. Yeah, you got to be wasted for that. Maybe even some crack, too. You know? Nobody he looks at, I've seen him scratch himself a whole bunch of freaking times. He's always scratching and shit. Is you he scratching? Yeah, he's a scratcher, scratcher, man. I think he's fucking on that glass dick. I don't know. He's a cool guy. He's funny, but, you know. Yeah. You draw the line, you know. Yeah, Shooting oh, yeah. fucking bottle rockets out of your asshole, tied to your dick. I mean, come yeah. on, dude. No, it's great. It's fun to watch. Oh, yeah, it's funny to watch, you know, but, I mean, you've really just sunk to a new low. Yeah. 
Palestinians say that they know when an Israel drone is in the air, cell phones stop working, TV reception falters, and they can hear a distant buzzing. The Palestinians are complaining that the Israelis are, are making their cell phones buzz. Palestinians say Israel's pilotless planes have been a major weapon in its latest offensive in Gaza, which has killed nearly 120 people since last week. Our experience is that the drone missile is successful in hitting its targets, and it's deadly, said Dr. Mahmoud Asali, Palestinian physician who works in the emergency room of a northern Gaza Strip hospital that has often treated Palestinian gunmen hit by the Israeli drones. That's the, fantastic, but uh, that's all fine and dandy, but you can tell the thing's coming from a mile away because all the cell phones and shit go out. Yeah. That does you a lot of fucking good. That's why our shit's good and their shit sucks. No, the the Israeli shit is good because they, I mean the Israelis. They, don't get me wrong. They, the Israelis, they work. They the, work. Is, the Israelis have the latest in the technical technological weapons of any kind because you know they are just a nation founded on warfare and literally just on the brink of fucking. Everybody hates them. They're surrounded. They're just. Fucked, you know. They couldn't have picked the shittier spot to want to fucking live. Yeah, yeah I couldn't agree you with know? you more. It's and, like it's like a fucking bunch of Irish guys, you know, going and moving into fucking Compton. You know that you just don't do that. You what's, know? Is that like a heavy nigger uh, neighborhood? Yeah, that's fucking. That's out in California. I got it's, you. That's like fucking, the L.A. niggerville. Yeah, dude. You don't need like. I mean, come on, dude. I mean, imagine a, a white kid with freckles and red hair walking around the streets. He's in looking for trouble. Looking for trouble. Yeah, I mean, come on. Dude. You just, yeah, I mean, that's basically what they did. But, I mean, they got the... They're, they're some of the baddest-ass motherfuckers in the world. I'll give them that, dude. Yep. They really Well, they've are. survived all this time, man, with, especially with scumbags like Ahmadinejad saying, you know, that, that they need to be wiped off the map every day. The drone has a zone of around 15 meters where it detonates everything. It targets people and leaves them in pieces, as Sally said. Israel is at the forefront of the drone technology that's increasingly being used in hotspots around the world. The unmanned craft provide a deadly and cost-effective alternative for armies to target enemies without making their own pilots' lives and uh, you know, risking their lives and reducing civilian casualties in heavy populated areas. The unmanned craft are guided by remote control from the ground. They're like remote-controlled toy planes. Because of their small size and relatively low speed, their low-yield missiles can be aimed precisely. The use of drones is shrouded in secrecy, and Israeli defense officials refuse to comment publicly on whether they're being used in airstrikes in Gaza. However, Israeli officials in private conversations have confirmed the use of the weapons. Of course, they must be proud as, pe as Peacock. Oh, yeah. Dude, if I had one of those, dude, and everybody's asking me questions like, who the fuck are you, Bob? I'd be like, fuck you and fuck you too, dude. Your ass is next. Israel. Like, quit asking around, dude, before something happens. Israel has used unmanned uh, aircraft since the early 1970s, and its fleet has steadily increased. Air Force officials say drones have become such an integral part of Israeli's air power that their flight hours now outnumber those of manned fighter jets. There you go. That's the same thing with the United States. That's what they're doing. I mean, they get them fucking things up nonstop. They do, because, the drones? Yeah, because, I mean, all you got to do is you can leave the thing in the air, set the fucking thing on autopilot, you know, for a little while. The controller can go take a break and then come back, and he's back at it again, dude, and just sits there all day. Well, that's a very interesting thing. I, I didn't, or they I can didn't realize guys, they leave them you know? up in the air. Yeah. yeah, they leave them things up in the air, dude. Let's stay up there for a long-ass time. Wait till they get them bitches 
powered by like they get they find some way to make a like a nuclear engine right they can constantly repower itself like you keep know the nuclear subs weeks. they never have to they they, they right. can stay out non-stop they can keep these fucking things out there at all times and all the th- only thing they need to do is bring them back to put more shit on them to throw at people right you know that's all they'd have to do some things well i must say bob you don't know a lot about much but you know a lot about weapons dude i do i, I love the i love that military channel shit and history channel and all that shit I was. I, I wanted to be. Uh, I wanted to be in the army when I well, was. Well, that's been, that's coming very handy for us here at Jester Radio. I must say. I'm oh grateful. yeah, it's doing a fucking awful. I'm lot. grateful for the for your for your advanced knowledge in music. Yeah. In munitions. Well, you just so happen to happen to hit a topic that I I really like. I mean, I do got a little bit of redneck in me. I'm sorry, I just can't help it. I think I it's don't me, like rednecks. Every but you healthy know what? American male has, you know, you some... know. But you know, I mean, if you fucking handed me a gun and a bunch of bullets and a safe place to shoot it, dude, I'd be fucking blowing shit to pieces. You know, I, I got to tell you, anybody, it's just a natural thing. I was, as you know, in the toy business for twenty four years. And one thing, you know, we learned about boys is that even if you took away their guns, they point their fingers at each other and say, blam, blam. Yeah, hell yeah, Yeah, everybody does, dude. It's just something you gotta fucking do, man. My parents did not allow us to have war toys. You know, we were part of that, you know, left-wing Jew, New York, you know, commie thing. Um, And um, we were forbidden from having, like, G.I. Joe in the house and shit. That's fucking four beat. Bo- four boys. That's fucking beat, dude. And no war toys. Can you imagine? I'd be pissed. Hell no. Hell no. But my neighbor, Kenny Shallow, had a huge collection. Oh, yeah. And you know your parents didn't and give th- two fucks and what this you did was, when you were out of the house. And this was, by the way, he was two houses down. And this was the, back in the day when the G.I. Joe was this big 11-inch blow-molded guy. He wasn't that 9-inch little uh, um, in- injection-molded thing. He was this big, super light, kind of hollow guy. And, you, you know, he was like a big-ass thing. Big 11-inch fucking thing, man. So when you had these battles, man, they were like a big proportions. You know, you'd sm- you know, the tanks and shit were huge. I got some, I got some cool shit, man. I got the, uh, oh, what is it? I get the fucking Sherman. Your generation. I get, the, I, get the Sher- I get the Sherman tank, and your I got generation all that shit. is for when is from when they brought back is from when they re- reintroduced um, the um, all the World War Two shit. No, when they reintroduced GI Joe after it had been you know off the market for you know fifteen. Well, I years. remember having the tub of like the little GI Joes, you know, like the tub of the little like little teeny tiny ones that were like all different, all guys like doing different shit, you know. Yeah, I remember having tons of those. Yeah, I don't know if you're hearing what I'm saying. That, that you were part of that second stream of Yep, jam. and then I remember the... Um, the Uh-oh, G- one second. Excuse me. Everybody has to get up and dance. It's 11-11. Let's everybody... Go ahead, Bob, you first. No. Jump up and... Everybody go ahead and dance. We're supposed to dance at 11-11. It's a new thing we're doing here on Jester Idiot. Are you dancing? I'm dancing. I have the feeling that you're not dancing. I'm trying. Can I, I can't really see you behind me there, but I'm, I'm feeling like you're not dancing. Uh, I'm not dancing. I'm giving you the finger. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio, coming to you from a secret location, so please don't ask. It's Monday, 3-3. The year of our Lord, 2008. And so this is the conversation I had with the Jeff. Um, she says to me, we're on the phone. And she says to me, 
Uh, so uh, how's it going? So I say, you know, everything's fine. And she goes, well, I got a couple of minutes now. So like, how's it really going? So I said, well, you know, I jumped right in. You know me. I'm in therapy since I'm five years old. So I said, well, I, this isn't that. I started th- talking about my mother. Uh, she just turned uh, 80 the other day, and she made this really heavy comment about how she was finally learning to forgive her mother. And it really made me think, like, wow, you know, she's dealing with all this shit. And for the first time in my life, I started thinking about my mother, who I pretty much have scratched off since I was three years old. You know, I, I, she's like been a total alien to me. I don't even know who the fuck she is. Yeah, I was raised by a series of nannies, the last of whom was this ungodly, uh, brutal monster who beat me daily. You're talking about the nigger bitch, right? N- yeah, Bessie. And so... Old Bessie. Uh, old Bessie. Who wasn't she was old. A, she was a time. big, fat, black woman. She was huge. She was like a fucking cow, huh? She was like the size of a... a she, oh, she had her own zip code. I bet you if you fucking threw some white on her, dude, and some horns and a bell, she'd look just like a cow. <laughs> Well, yeah, man, she was massive, and she was a frightening thing, man. When she came at you with that hand splayed uh, in a whipping fashion, and then there was the, uh, compile that with the indignity of, of complaining to my parents who never believed us, or at least acted like they didn't believe us. Now, looking back over the years, I'm sure they had her, they, she had their tacit approval, but that's an a, a entirely different issue. Where was I? She says to me, so how are you? And I, and I rattle off something, you know, thinking about my mother and some other, like, shit that I'm thinking about. And then I said, and, you know, I'm uh, sad that, you know, you never responded to me about the conversation we had a couple of weeks ago. And I used all the I words. I didn't say you, you, you. I said, I feel this. And I said, I worry that you're either thinking you're wondering what to do or I worry that maybe you're thinking it's not worth it to you and you don't feel like doing it because it's not, you know, value to you. That's my concern. I didn't say you are. I said, this is what I worry. I used all the right words. And she basically went off on like a 15 minute tirade about, I never listened to her. I don't listen. It's really all about, I'm not listening to her. I said, she said it all in the past she 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 she, did, she doesn't respond because she said whatever that needs to be said has been all said a million times, and you know, there's no doubt that I have difficulty hearing people, especially when I'm upset and when I'm emotional. I filter what they say through my feelings, and a lot of times I really don't hear. But on the other hand, um, I do hear, you know, a lot of things. And, um, anyway, so basically I said, well, and she said, well, do you want to respond to that or something to that effect? And I said, well, maybe I should just, you know, think about what you said since, you know, you're feeling like I'm not hearing you. Uh, and that's how we left it. And then I had to like see her later. So that was very uncomfortable. I can imagine that being really uncomfortable for a few minutes, but. In any case, you know, I'm just feeling like I'm sure she feels, you know, basically my my zen, you know, pulling back, you know, detaching myself emotionally from it, uh, you know, hearing what she said. Um, if I didn't hear each and every individual word, I definitely sensed a very strong sense of frustration on her part. 
So that I'm definitely getting 100%. There's no disputing that. So I think that I'm getting that, and I'm hearing frustration. So, And you know what? She's not the first fucking person to tell me I'm an infuriating person. So there you go. That's what that's, you know, you know what really, that's what that's about. You know what really but she never did respond, so I'm still very confused exactly where and when and how and why and what. And, uh, you know, and then in the middle of her telling me that I don't listen, at one point she said, you know, my feelings change. And I'm thinking, if your feelings change, then it's a valid thing for me to keep asking you what your feelings are. But, you know... I stayed away from that whole thing. I'm not arguing. I learned a long time ago, best not to argue. It's best to just listen and think and listen and think. But you know what? I'm thinking I'm thinking it's okay to, to keep asking, you know? Uh, feelings change and uh, you never know what someone's going to say. And, uh, you know, so. And this is why maybe I keep turning to these songs that have the happy endings because, you know, for me and Jeff, this has been going on, you know, 30-plus years, and um, there's always been this sense that, you know, it's not, you know, the end, that there's always this hope that we're working, you know, on, or at least one of us at a time is working on it. So maybe this time it's me. But, um, you know, there's that line in, in MacArthur Park, um, I will drink the wine while it is warm and never let you catch me looking at the sun. And after all the loves of my life, you'll still be the one. And that's the, you know, that's just the way I feel. So here it is, uh, MacArthur Park on Just Radio. Please don't fuck with that dial.
that took so long to bake it And I'll never have the recipe
talk is melting in the dark All the sweet green icing flowing down Someone left the cake off in the rain I don't think that I can take it Cause it took so long to bake it And I'll never have that recipe Arthur Park on Just Radio, utter, utter masterpiece. I know, don't tell me it's been voted like worst song in the history of music a million times, but I don't care what people say. I think it's just a stunning, uh, uh, written as a cantata in five parts, um, and this uh, remarkable uh, lyric about uh, this, this one true love and this sense of destiny. And it's um, an incredible story. And after he tells us that he'll he'll have the things that I desire and my passion flow like rivers to the sky, and after all the loves of my life, I'll be thinking of you and wondering why. That's that's how stunning. That's how um, that's how much you, that this you know person has become core to my being that no matter where I go and what I do in life. And then we have this whole musical sequence of this very stirring, driving music that actually um, is, an, is a musical narrative of him living his life. And then uh, it gets to this really cool, uh, complicated part uh, that's in 5-4. And we hear... Really difficult thing to conduct. In fact, so difficult, it required two conductors. And it was that sort of, you know, part of his life where he's running around and, uh, you know, uh, uh, sowing his wild oats and so on. And then this crescendo across the keyboard, and then, of course, we come to this, this uh, much maligned metaphor of um, someone leaving a cake out in the rain. And we have this just sense of utter despair that MacArthur Park, this this perhaps special place with a special memory of this person, uh, is now melting. Um, it's just fading away from him, and we and and his mind goes to a uh, like a cake being left out in the rain, and all this uh, beautiful cake and the wonderful sweet icing is just this big sticky mess now, and it's been you know pointed to as a, as a lame ass metaphor but in the context of two things one that jimmy webb is a wacky guy and he always has something weird going on in his song if you listen to it there's some like twisted shit going on so in the context of who writes it it's a kind of a not wacky at all kind of metaphor and in the fact that it's startling it really works that it's really like um yeah, that's not what I would have thought of as a cake melting in the rain. But yeah, that's, you know, that's how, um, um, you know, 
desperate that he feels. And I love that uh, f- that part in five four. You don't hear that every day. That was in uh, um, the, the to hear an example of um, five four time is the theme song from Room Two Twenty Two. I don't know if you remember that uh, song from back in the like probably sixty nine seventy seventy one. And this is in five four. It's a kind of a wacky um, beat. And it is very hard to conduct. In fact, you know, I was a conducting major in music school, and the way they taught us to conduct 5-4 was as one bar of 3-4 and one bar of 2-4. So you would count it 1-2-3-1-2, because it's a difficult thing to count out, and a difficult thing for musicians to play, much less 140 musicians to play. So, uh, and I guess MacArthur Park may be another one of my core. Whatever it was I said that was before, that was my main comfort zone, <laughs> whatever that, I think maybe it may be MacArthur Park, actually, because that's got so much of, um, you know, what I think about. Uh, and it's, it's complex, and it keeps me busy, you know, for hours at a time. That's my comfort song. We're talking about comfort music here on Jester Radio. 646-502-8600 gets you live on the air. Tell us about your um, song that makes you uh, feel better when you're having a tough day. Uh, give us a call or Skype in. Jester Radio is our Skype name. You can send in a request to requests at Jester Radio. You can email me directly. Uh, at the jester at jesterradio.com. And there's a bunch of other ways of getting in touch with us through AOL Instant Messenger. And uh, the, there's a chat room going on right now at the website. So you can stop by jesterradio.com and explore all those cool things as well. Uh, Bob the Engineer is back uh, on the other side of the glass, but he's asked me to remind you um, to uh, enjoy our daily podcast. That's right. Every evening, The Ravings of a Clown is recorded for posterity and can be automatically downloaded to your computer and then to your uh, portable device like your iPod or Zune and take it with. Nowadays, you can even take it on your phone, on your smartphone. And you can even uh, listen to Jester Radio on your smartphone. So if you're listening to us right now through your telephone... Hang up. You're getting a call. Um, we're uh, talking about comfort music here. And uh, what else? We got something else? Six people, including two children, were found dead in a home uh, this evening in Memphis's Binghamton neighborhood. Memphis Fire Department spokeswoman Melanie Young said firefighters responded to a 9-11 call at a home at 6-11 p.m. this evening when the bodies and wounded children were found. The uh, wounded children uh, includes a seven-year-old boy, a 10-month-old girl, and a four-year-old whose gender is not immediately known. And they were transported to Banur uh, Children's Medical Center. According to the hospital spokeswoman, the children were taken to the emergency room to be treated. No further information is available. 
uh, about their condition. We'll keep an eye on this story. But it's, you know, another one of these, you know, shootouts where they went for everybody in the house, including the fucking babies. We're seeing more and more of this. You know, I, I, I uh, appreciate that guns don't kill people and people kill people. But easy access to guns for people with poor impulse control is a danger to society. It may outweigh your um, uh, uh, your need to have uh, you know certain kinds of readily available weapons. Maybe we need a system to make sure we keep the guns out of the hands of the wackos. The Fed's emergency rate cuts in January have failed to halt the downward spiral towards a full-blown debt deflation. Much more drastic action will be needed. Yields on two-year U.S. Treasuries plummeted to 1.63 on Friday in a flight to safety, foretelling financial winter. The debt markets are freezing ever deeper, a full eight months into the crunch. Uh, contagion is spreading into the safest pockets of the U.S. credit universe. It's hard to imagine a more plain vanilla outfit than the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, which manages bridges and bus terminals and airports. The authority is a public body uh, backed by two states, yet it had to pay, it had to pay, uh, had to pay 20 cents rates um, in um, February after the near closure of the $330 billion term auction market. It originally expected to pay 4.3 cents, but that was eons ago in financial time. I never thought I would see anything like this in my life, said James Steele, an HSBC economist in New York. No sane mortal needs to know what uh, temp auction means, except that too quickly becomes a tool of the U.S. credit attachments. Banks briefly use the market as a laboratory for conjuring long-term uh, rates. Uh, it came unstuck. Next in line is the $45 trillion um, derivatives market for credit default swaps, the CDS market. <clears throat> they say that uh, we're going to soon see um, the uh, federal government taking on more employees to handle uh, the crisis that's upcoming, including the FDIC crisis, where we're going to see uh, thousands of banks going bankrupt. <clears throat> All those depositors' accounts are insured by the federal banking insurance company, and um, th th those insurance companies are then all going to go bust because it's going to be trillions of dollars. Mark my words. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio this uh, March the 3rd. It's a double three day, and we're playing all comfort music. You know, I looked into a house that I once lived in. Sometimes um, I would actually go back to the house that I was born in on Long Island. Out in uh, Oceanside, this tiny little, you know, eight-room house um, that I, you know, lived in my first four or five years. I, and I've gone back there a bunch of times over my life. Um not sure what I was looking for, but found all kinds of interesting things every time I went. Uh, around the time I first went on my own, when the, wor when the roads were as many as the places I had dreamed of, and my friends and I were one. Now the distance is done, and the search has begun, and I've come to see where my beginnings have gone. 
The walls and the windows are still standing, and the music could be heard at the door. It's Jackson Brown on Jest Radio. Please don't touch that dial. I looked into a house I once lived in Around the time I first went on my own When the roads were as many as the places I had dreamed of And my friends and I were one Now the distance is done And the search has begun I've come to see where my beginnings have gone the walls and the windows were still standing And the music could be heard at the door Where the people who kindly endured my odd questions Asked if I came very far And when my silence replied They took me inside Where their children sat playing on the floor changes that would find us farther on And it left me so warm and so high But as I stepped back outside to the gray morning sun I heard that highway whisper inside Are you ready to fly? And I looked into the faces all passing by it's an ocean that will never be filled And the house that grows older and finally crumbles That even love cannot rebuild It's a hotel at best, you're here as a guest You ought to make yourself at home While you're waiting for the rest Well, I looked into the dream of the mill that one day the search will be through Now here I stand at the edge of My embattled illusions Looking into you
spoke of the changes that would find us farther on, and it left me so warm and so high, but as I stepped back outside to the gray morning sun, I heard that highway whisper and sigh. Are you ready to fly? And I looked into the faces all passing by. It's an ocean that'll never be filled. And the house that grows older finally crumbles that even love cannot rebuild. It's a hotel at best. You're here as a guest. You ought to make yourself at home while you're waiting for the rest. And I looked into the dream of the millions that one day the search would be through and here I stand at the edge of my embattled delusions looking into you I take it back that's my comfort song that's my main comfort song all the other ones that I said before those are numbers two and three and four through seven but this is another one that I turn to uh, a lot uh, to listen to with the headphones on several millions of times in a row Somehow it brings me great comfort in its, um, in its sweet sadness. It's a uh, song about the loss of uh, childhood, um, looking into a house that he once lived in, uh, and also about uh, going beyond, uh, you know, the being a, a, the new Dylan to being a, a songwriter in his own right, and what it t- took to let go of that and to just embrace, you know, his own sound. The great song traveler passed through here, and he opened my eyes to the view, and I was among those who called him a prophet, and I asked him what was true, until the distance had shown how the road remains alone. Now I'm looking in my life for a truth that is my own, and I looked into the sky for my anthem, and the words and the music came through. But words and music still can never touch the beauty that I have seen looking into you. Again, he goes back to this, you know, it is, after all, a love song. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio, Monday, the 3 of 3, the year of our Lord, 2008, 646-502-8600. Don't be shy. Join us uh, live on the air, 646-502-8600. Shabam. We're trying to do it as a song. A severed human foot has been found in Canada's westernmost Gulf Islands, marking the third such discovery, which is freaky because usually they come two at a time. In six months, it stumped police, get it? Uh, noting all three are right feet, size 12, male, and in the sneaker. It's not known at this time what relationship, if any, this foot has with the Two feet recovered last year in the same area, said Constable Annie Lateau of the Royal Canadian Mounted uh, Police just before she got on her horse, Nell. The two previous cases are still under investigation, and police, uh, federal police, uh, have yet to determine if foul play is involved. <laughs> May just be people are losing feet, right foot, size 12, and not necessarily there's any foul play. Don't want to go so far as to say there might be something amiss. The two previous cases are still under investigation, and federal police uh, have yet to determine if foul uh, play is involved. The standing mystery began in August 2007 when a severed foot in a white and blue runner was discovered washed ashore on the beaches of Jedediah, uh, Jedediah, Jedediah Island 
in the Georgia Strait between Lower Mainland and Vancouver Island. Authorities speculated that uh, it may have been lost in a boat uh, propeller accident due to foul play or maybe a hoax. A lot of times, uh, you know, feet just show up as a hoax. Six days later, a second right foot in a black and white sneaker appeared on nearby Gabriola Island. The most recent find uh, was back on February 8th when a third right foot washed up on the east side of the Valdez Island. Local coroner is conducting DNA tests on the feet. But so far, there's been no match um, to uh, missing persons. But we have a note here that it's extra stinky. They don't know what's up with that. The Iranian government uh, may block private access to the Internet for the federal legislation elections on March 14th. Two Iranian news outlets reported today. So Iran is going to close down the Internet during the elections. But they don't want anybody to think something is awry. The two accounts appear to be a different rationale. Shutting down the Internet service will depend on security plans and on the Ministry of Telecommunications, said Mustafa Poor Mohammed Madadi, the Interior Minister. According to the daily newspaper Etamad Meli, at the same time, a senior election official, Mohammed Javad Malmoudi, said that a shutdown would help ensure the, the government had unimpeded internet service for the election. <laughs> so we need to save the internet for the government. Even though the government's internet line has been recently upgraded, according to ISNA, Iran has placed many restrictions on the internet, but it's never completely shut down the internet on such a scale. Several million Iranians follow political news and political parties have their own active websites uh, on the net. In 2006, authorities banned download speeds on private computers faster than 128k bits per second. So they keep their pipe, you know, it's basically double the speed of a dial-up connection. Whereas, you know, in the rest of the world, regularly see speeds, you know, from one and a half to six megabits per second. That's, you know, thousands of kilobytes. The government also uses sophisticated filtering equipment to block hundreds of websites and blogs that it considers religiously or politically inappropriate. Many bloggers have been jailed in the past, and dozens of websites have been shut down. But it's a free country, and they have no homos. I don't know what you mean with the homos. We, we don't have like you have. I don't know where you heard that. That's my favorite part, where he says, I don't know where you heard. Where did you hear we have homos? I want to talk to them. Supreme Court this week may reopen for the first time in more than 30 years the debate over what qualifies as indecent broadcast. The media environment has changed dramatically since the court last ruled on the issue in 1978. Viewers and listeners today are exposed to more freewheeling cable, TV, internet, and shock jocks on satellite radio. The issue before the court now is delicately described as the problem of fleeting expletives in over-the-air broadcasts, which are still regulated. Television viewers who watch some of the entertainment industry's award shows may be familiar with the phenomenon. Rock star Bono uttered an expletive on live NBC show in accepting a Golden Globe Award in 2003 for the best original song. So did Cher after receiving a Billboard Music Award for career achievement on Fox TV a year earlier. These people, they, and rightly so, they just use... Um, 
what the, the TV world, the artificial world of TV thinks is, you know, bad language. They use it every day in their language. They use it with their mother. They use it with their doctor. They use it with the, uh, with the vendor on the corner. So, um, for, for the whole world, for the TV world, the make believe world of TV to pretend that people don't really talk that way is a joke. And, of course, it's all to protect the children because if the children walk by the TV and hear, sh and hear Cher say, I can't fucking believe it, that their mind will be blackened and corrupted in an unrescuable way. And, by the way, I got two responses for that. One, if you're worried, then turn off the fucking TV. Why should the rest of the world have to cater to your fucking stupid uh, mania? And, two, here's the deal. Nobody's come out and said this quite yet. We all sort of dance around this, but here's the deal. If your child walked by the TV and there was somebody on TV saying, cunt, cunt, fuck, liquor, sucking, dick, and fucking shit, it wouldn't hurt the child at all. I don't care if it's a five-month-old child or a 10-year-old child or a 30. doesn't matter. You can't harm anybody with those words. Now, if you're afraid that they'll repeat them and embarrass you because they're inappropriate, then you need to regulate your children's access to things that you think are inappropriate. But the whole rest of the world doesn't have to regulate that. And my, both my children grew up listening to the way I talk and the former future ex, Mrs. Jester, who spoke the same exact way, and they're doing just fine. And they're, they never say anything inappropriate in a crowd. One of them's going to be a doctor soon. And she's made it all this way, and still, she wasn't harmed by all that. After receiving complaints from angry viewers, the FCC Commission moved to crack down on broadcasters who air isolated or fleeting expletives. During daytime or early evening hours last year, Fox and other networks sued to block the new policy, and an appeals court in New York put it on hold. Now the FCC is asking the Supreme Court to clear the way so the new crackdown can be enforced. The justices may act on an agency's appeal as soon as today. If they vote to hear the case, arguments will be heard in the fall. The appellate judges in New York, who blocked the new policy, said it was arbitrary and vague. It does not, for example, say that all expletives will trigger fines from the FCC. Regardless of circumstances, news programs and movies such as Saving Private Ryan were given special exemptions. Why is that? Including profanity from soldiers on D-Day beaches, uh, was not intended to shock or titillate, but conveyed the horror of war, the FCC said. And conveying the horror of war is okay. At the same time, the appellate judges hinted that a true ban on all broadcast expletives would violate the First Amendment's free speech guarantee. So which one is it? If the airways belong to the public, and that's the big deal, it's a public resource, and that's why the government gets to rule on it, then let's vote. Let's vote. Raise your fucking hands. I'm sick and tired of the fucking right-wing wackos running the fucking government because they have a complaint because they called in and their child heard a fucking curse word on TV. My God, my God. They saw a tit on TV. Here's the deal, folks. Nobody wants to say this. I'm not talking about molestation. I'm not talking about snuff movies. I'm not talking about uh, abuse um, or violence, or blood, certainly not war movies. I'm talking about porno. You can't ch hurt your children with what they see or hear, with wh whether or not it's the, what you consider vile images on TV or vile words over the radio. They can't hurt your child. 
they they may leave you having to explain something or they may make you worry that they'll say or do the inappropriate thing. But for a child to really be truly warped, they have to experience some sort of uh, uh, um, abuse. So just actually seeing the act of sex isn't, you know, up until just a few thousand years ago, we all had sex in the same room, all together, families, everybody, like just like the animals do. Before the church came along and told us that uh, that was verboten. Got something to say about it? 646-502-8600. Here's another one of my comfort songs. This is the song that was playing on the radio after Betsy and I broke up and she was driving me to the train station. The jester himself on JR. Please don't fuck with that dial. And if you see her, say hello. I'm getting 
Jester himself on Jester Radio. Sundown, yellow moon. I replay the past. I know every scene by heart. They all went by so fast. If she's passing back this way, I'm not that hard to find. Tell her she can look me up if she's got the time. Sort of a sad, bitter ending. Um, But there also leaves that sort of remnant, that faint hint that perhaps they will meet again someday. Even though he's clearly sore there from what uh, happened. You've been listening to the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio. Yeah, you know, we we could do a whole uh, show on that one song. That's one of my comfort songs um, because it's got so many of those uh, feelings that I relate to. Thanks so very much for joining us this evening. I gotta say, uh, looking back over the playlist, um, you know, I feel much better. <laughs> Some people, you know, they go home and they eat, or they, you know, and they and they um, or or they go home and they, you know, watch movies. People have their own little place. Um, you know, we we're we're forced to interact with each other. We want we want to, of course, we we. We require it. It's one of our five instincts is to interact with other people. But it is fucking hard to do. And there are these uh, comforting rituals that we have that uh, make it all right. And we learn to, to, to do what we can to get by. So thanks for joining me this evening and uh, helping me get by. Extra special thanks to uh, Poe for uh, calling up. And um, for uh, all those that stopped by the Jester Radio chat room and for Bob, the engineer, for joining me this evening behind the glass. Teenagers who hang out inside one apartment building in Jamaica, Queens, are getting an earful these days. A new security device called the Mosquito has been installed in the lobby of the building on 170th Street where there have been chronic problems with noisy teenagers. We reported on this uh, last year. They invented this thing in Australia, and there was this whole big... uh, neighborhood was up in arms was it okay they're actually blasting at a frequency that only kids can hear and it just uh, doesn't bother normal people the wall mounted device emits a high frequency screech 
that can only by, be heard by people ages 13 to 25. Older people cannot hear it. It sounds like when you put a microphone close to a TV, said Jerry Brown, one of the younger residents who admits the noise bothers him a little bit. Another teen added, it's annoying, but one young adult said it doesn't bother me a bit. The building superintendent said the mosquito has kept the lobby free of loitering teenagers so far. <laughs> so we're driving away the children like pests. You know, uh, something's, ha something's definitely happening. Is it just me? The world we live on is a very, very stressful place. And uh, we all need to find whatever it is that brings us uh, comfort and solace. So um, from uh, all of us here at Jester Radio, I um, sincerely hope that uh, you're in a comfortable place right now, in a safe place. And uh, we will meet in that place where darkness never comes. That's my promise to you. Until that time, Hustis, you've traveled so far, the wind in your face, and you're thinking you found that one special place where all of your dreams will walk out in line and follow the course you've made in your mind. It isn't going to be that way. Good night. See you tomorrow. You've traveled so far, the wind in your face. You're thinking you've found the one special place where all of your dreams will walk out in line and follow the course. In your mind Hey, it isn't gonna be that way It isn't gonna be that way I came on my own And felt much like you I thought I was king And knew what to do but everything burned and fell from my hand I had to turn back or build a new plan Cause it isn't gonna be that way It isn't gonna be that way
Shop bound of gold, a sink full of dishes and a love grown cold. Long came a boy, pretty as the day. 